0: no purchase necessary Void you prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network.
3: This podcast is part of the sports
2: social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network.
3: State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, joined for the Matchday Bulletin by Lawrence Conley. I uh, always love watching the game with you, Lawrence, even though a lot of the games we watched last week, uh, last season rather, were uh, not memorable ones. I'm looking at that today. We'll go through it blow by blow. It's the third game, I feel, that we have clicked the control button on. Motherwell, Varro, St. Johnson controlled all three games, won all three games 2-0. Loads of talking points in the second half, but we appreciate that a lot of people only tune into the post-match, so we'll need to cover the full game. But we'll do it backwards. We'll start with the second half, having already covered the first half at half-time. Total control, three games in a row. Uh, There was this uh, term that was being overused up to a few weeks ago called Angeball. People thought it was free-flowing, rip-roaring, never-boring, Glasgow-Celtic. Is it that, or is it more this controlled passing game, not panicking, sticking to your your game plan and ultimately coming away fairly comfortably, as we have done in the last three games now.
5: Listen, we're definitely ready to feeling a panic at the back when we're passing the ball About, I don't know if it's because of playing more together or just getting used to it, maybe it's a support, saying, well, these guys can do this. The guys are growing confidence, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It's... Listen, the way Cameron Davidson set up his team, had a lot to do with it, but you know, they go in the first five minutes of both halves, then parts the bus. It's still one-nil way, you know, 20-15 minutes to go, and then he thinks, Right, we'll go and try and nick one. That's what anyone's going to come here and do, but it's hard to break down. But you know, Celtic found a way, didn't they? It's there's a lot of positives to take from that. Yakimakis, you know, opens his account, Yota, another outstanding display. Just yeah. Listen. We don't even need to mention Tony Ralston anymore. We know he's a good game. <laughs> you, you, you know, Mikey Johnson comes on with, and does well. For the second game? Aye. Yoranovic penalty. Oh, Called it, didn't we? Make, aye. It's, uh, and, geez, it wouldn't be a weekend if uh, the ref wasn't making bad
3: decisions. We will also have a dig deep into those decisions. And in particular, there was one incident, um, because when you were talking there I was thinking, right, we'll run from the back and we'll run through the team. There's not much to say about Joe Hart. He didn't really have a great deal to do, but he did get involved in calming down Cameron Carter Vickers after he was kicked, punched, and then booked for his trouble. That that level of and there was a point there uh, when we won the penalty. The referee had
5: completely lost control of the game. Yeah, I mean, it played... Advantage for Phil and Criogo. Then I feel, what, four or five yards outside their box, plays advantage, but comes back almost to the halfway line, and you're going, if I'm not sure that's advantage. And then we flash on an opportunity and get a penalty. But he, he just didn't know what was going on, did he? Uh, Seeing that we could add another pen after that, you know, it's only a two handed push by the keeper on your you, 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 yeah. you, you're, you're thinking, well, Ref, if that's not a pen, well, and and he has got a decent shout at the end as well. You know, after Becky Johnson's hit the post, comes back out, it looks like he's uh, yeah, going to get it, and it looks like St. Johnson boy just bowls him over.
3: Listen, I, I rate the goalie. I think he's a, he's an decent excellent he is an excellent keeper. Um, but the way that, uh, you know, he was screaming for a handball after Ax <laughs> and Jota just minutes before, I just thought, you know, wind your neck in. Um, let's have a look at the, the league table at the moment, because we're just... You know, we're just uh, we are stringing our running results together, Lawrence, which has meant that although we're still sitting fourth in the table, uh, we're on 19 points. The three teams above us are all on 20, and they are Dundee United, Rangers, and Hearts, who top the league. Hearts top the league. Uh, Rangers, of course, play tomorrow. They've got a game in hand. Celtic have superior goal difference to anyone else in the division. And as we said at the beginning of the show. We were in a position where Celtic had won 50% of their games and was coming under a lot of criticism. Has he weathered the storm?
5: Yeah, listen, sometimes you've got to run your own race, as he says, isn't it? Uh, we can see the performances are improving as we get players back and he's getting options. Hopefully, it continues like this for the rest of the season, but we have been uh, warned by our Antipodean friends that there's going to be some ups and downs to come for the rest of the season. That things are certainly looking a lot better mm-hmm. than they were after his first few games Hearts top in the league jeez they must have been thinking if only we could have got a, a, a result in the south side of Glasgow the Hearts must be thinking what if you know but it's looking like an interesting season four teams separated by a point uh, but certainly we've come over a real bad patch of form and a bad injury crisis that we had which mm-hmm. you know probably caused a, a bad patch of form and uh, Winning 2-0 comfortably in the last three games. Looking controlled. The defence is looking settled. We're starting to get options up front. You know, great finish for the first goal. Great finish. Tony Ralston built that ball across and Jakimaki classic finish.
3: I think the big thing for me, Lawrence, is options. You know, Kewo, uh, I don't think many people would argue the, the, the case that he is less effective uh, when played out wide. You spoke about a change at halftime where you said, you know, if you bring off Yakamakis for a badon and uh, bring Kyogo into the centre, that's exactly what happened. That's his strongest position. But that's an option we didn't have against the likes of Michelin and in the earlier games. I mean, we spoke earlier about how if we... And I know that the world doesn't work like this, but we could be better prepared going into these European qualifiers. We know that when they're played every single season... But if we were to play Michelin now this week it would be a different game altogether. We've definitely. got more options.
5: I mean there's something Ange said though is like he said we we'll are never going into a game as badly prepared as it again. And, and, and he'd taken the blame for it. He said well, it's my fault I didn't persuade him how quickly we need, and how many players we needed in. So you know, he's definitely leading from the front isn't he? he? He's saying it's down to him the football's down to him. may not be an accounting but he's, he certainly looks like a decent football manager. You know <laughs>
3: You know, when we were talking about this style of play that we actually had been told about from Ange, I share a lot of that press conference. Um, I've been drip-feeding that on the the Twitter feeds over the last few months, and he spoke about the entertaining football that he likes to play. He spoke passionately about his late father and the the type of football he would like to play, and that's basically uh, the way that he approaches his football. Lawrence, he wants to play Football that would please his late father. He liked entertaining football. That's all fair and well, um, but I think the biggest issue were, was that we weren't getting the results. We weren't being, you know, we weren't stringing a run of games together, which we now are. And I know that when you look at the fact that we're only ten games in in the league, we're sixty percent win rate in in the league. We're we're a point behind, and I know that Rangers play tomorrow. When we talk about the other teams in the league. And the fact that obviously Hart's newly promoted are currently sitting top. Fair play to them. Uh, Dundee United, maybe haven't been getting as much credit as Hibs, who are now sitting in fifth position, four points behind Celtic. Dundee United's start to the season has been hugely impressive as well. When I've seen this happen, in all the years that I've watched Celtic and Scottish football, whenever there's a, a team that challenges early doors, and I remember the the famous or perhaps infamous season where Hearts went 12 games unbeaten under George Burley and the season absolutely collapsed after that. I think that when you're looking at it, if Hearts, Hibs or Dundee United go into January and they're still there or thereabouts, the key is, can and would they strengthen? Because generally, there's one or two players who would leave these clubs um, and Hibs have already admitted that they would potentially lose one or two of their star players. Nisbet might be one of those players he really hasn't kicked on this season. Hearts at the top of that division, the worst thing that could happen for for, for their chances of pushing this title challenge longer would be if they lost one or two of their the star performers. And that's always been the issue, Lawrence, because Celtic and Rangers, you know, going into January, would be looking at strength. And I would guess Hearts, Dundee United-Hibs, might not, and I think that's where they fall. They fall, foul. Do you think that's going to be a, a repeat of that this season?
5: Yeah, I, mean, I think Hib's done well to keep a hold of the squad last season. It's, I suppose, for them, even just keeping a hold of what they have is sometimes a success, never been, mind being able to strengthen. And it's the level they can strengthen it as well, how much money they can spend, isn't it? It's, you know, obviously, we are the richest club in Scotland, hopefully. You know, I know we don't traditionally spend a lot in January, but hopefully this January is different. We've spoken earlier shows about you know keeping touch until Christmas because there's been such a big turnover in players. Mm-hmm. We've got a mm-hmm. new manager in. We could be in a chance of the league if we're in touch by Christmas. We're still in touch at the moment, and we're getting better week in week. That'll give us the opportunity to, to strengthen, won't it? Um, yeah. check on.
3: See the big thing, Lawrence, and again, you know, it's not about being entitled as a Celtic supporter, it's about the fact that we set a, a certain level, a certain standard over a period of, of nine seasons, uh, which you then expect from the club. And no standards dropped dramatically last season and we didn't win anything and we didn't deserve to win anything. But going into this season with the changes and bringing in a new manager, all season I've been talking about the title. I've never once thought that second would ever be anything other than nothing. It never is in Glasgow. And, and, you know, Shankly said it it never was in Liverpool. Second best is nothing. And it's true. So I've never ever resigned myself to lowering those standards. I've always said that we need to win the league and anything less than that is unacceptable. We had a few discussions uh, over the last few months. And in particular, Kevin made that very point. He says, as long as we're in touching distance of the leaders... And that doesn't sit right with me. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. And that's not being entitled. That's because, for me, that's not good enough. When we're looking at what Celtic are doing now, and I don't think they're grinding out results. It's not as though you know we're, we're scoring a late goal against a running play. We're controlling games now, and we're coming away with the results that we deserve. Lawrence, and if we can continue to do that um, this season, I don't see why Celtic shouldn't be uh, aiming towards winning the title in Ange Postacoglu's first season. I mean, what's your thoughts on that?
5: No, definitely, I think what he's managed so far, the way he's brought the team together, the players he brought in, they're starting to click, we're getting performances. One point off the top, potentially four after tomorrow, who knows? But, you know, he's given himself a platform going to go on and win it. You know, if it stays this way, you know, we're within one or four points at the top, the January transfer window. Mm-hmm. I think we've got every right to think we should go on and win the league from there. And also,
3: you've got every right after the first game of the season uh, and for the first time since the 97-98 season under Wim Jansen we lose the opening game. You've got every right to criticise Andrew and the team after that yeah. game. Of course you do. You've got every right after going to Livingston and getting beat one nothing from a team who were bottom of the league to criticise the performance. And I think that you've got every right after losing the first game against Rangers at Ebrox, to be very disappointed. Um, although I wasn't that critical after the game because I thought that there was very fine margins in that game. And we've spoken about the, the change of Keogh from left to central, which was, was key in the last 20 minutes of that game. And had we played them through the centre, probably um, instead of Edward that day, Lawrence, we probably would have had a different result. So I don't think there's an issue. I'm not rewriting history here. I think that whilst... I was critical after the Harts and the Livingston games, Lawrence. I think it was justified. And I also think it's justified to reassess where we are now and say, I want and I think that it's a a decent ambition this season to win that league. Let's run through some of the comments that are coming in. Thanks for joining us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn and elsewhere. Uh, Anywhere else where there is uh, a platform, we will be on it. Paddy Lavery, thanks for joining us. Ralston seems to care for Kyogo like a big brother would. The guy's a legend, uh, absolutely. I think there's a couple of legends developing in there. Um, and Duncan Cameron comes in to say, take the points and move on to midweek, job done. Absolutely, that's how I feel. Uh, Not pretty, but effective, reckons Joe Fulham. And Joe Porter points out another clean sheet, becoming the norm at Celtic. And that leads me on to the defence. I want to start off with Stafffield. We gave a lot of love and a lot of praise to to Tony Ralston in the pre-match and at halftime, Lawrence. But let's have a wee chat about Stafffield. First three points I made in that second half, were all positives and the fact that Starfelt was was doing his defensive play and doing it very, very well.
5: Yeah. Well, listen, we know he, he knows how to defend, how to intercept balls, how to win tackles. He's decent in the air. And he's playing out of position, you know, he's a right hand side, by playing on the on the left, which I think sometimes it looks a wee bit unnatural when he goes to the play with the ball we left. Maybe that's why he gets a bit of crits and it just doesn't look right. But he's definitely got a decent partnership with Pick uh, CCV isn't he? Yes, is.
3: yes. Uh, there's a few times um, I think, and I'm not going to use a term that I used. I think he's very uncomfortable when he's trying to pass the ball with his left foot. It uh, seems very laboured. Um, I think that when he's doing the instinctive defensive play, Lawrence, he's very effective. He can win balls. He can win headers. I think he likes a. I think I think he likes a battle. There was some criticism after the Aberdeen game that he was a bit out muscled. Didn't see that today. I thought I thought he went toe to toe, and he was solid today. To be yeah, honest with you,
5: yeah, definitely. Was a couple of times he, he covered up over a kind of left back area for Juranovic when he he was caught out of position. Yeah. But he stood up to everything. You yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was great performance. He's definitely grown into it, isn't he? I don't think he's got a challenger for left hand centre back either. I Don't think you are saying play somebody else instead of him. <laughs> Well, this is a thing. Who is
3: who is next in line? And it's probably uh, Liam Scales. Liam Scales can play left centre-back. Yes, he can play left-back and he can play attacking mid on the left-hand side. Um, but, you know, felt for me, has come into a game. It was a very difficult introduction where he was playing alongside uh, Beaton, then Welsh, then Cameron Carter-Vickers. But I think he's now found his partner. And I think they're a very effective partnership. Do they lack a bit of pace, perhaps? Um, is that is that one concern that you might have for them?
5: Yeah, definitely on the turn. They do do seem to lack a wee bit of, of pace. But, you know, hopefully they're reading the game. If they read the game right, you know, they can make up for a lack of pace, can't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you know it's, it's the third 2-0 in a row. It's hard to... Criticise your centre hearts or say nothing bad about it, isn't it? You know? Absolutely. I mean, Carl picking off a book and what's he thinking? You know? What for getting booted? Well, but kick to punch, you, you know, it's this
3: is becoming something that we we keep saying. We've won the game we're very happy with the performance. And it's at that moment in time that you shine a light on the poor um officiating of the games. There was there was definitely a game last season where uh, Nick Walsh was abysmal a referee in a Celtic game and I, I wrongly said to you in the second half that it was a Dundee United game at Tannadice when Ayeti scored the winner because that was um, Dallas Andrew Dallas um, but put it in the comments if you can remember he was dreadful in a game last season and he was dreadful today absolutely abysmal completely lost control of the game Lawrence and there's a couple of times where you think you know, what do you need to do to get sent off against Celtic
5: yeah t- totally I mean if his first kick, the whistle hasn't, hasn't went, it's certainly won by the second kick. And, you know, after that, he raises his hands. <laughs> you, you, you know, so you, you think. Oh. And who's in the thick of it? Tony Alston. Aye. <laughs> Tony, <will sort> I'm of <laughs> out. Don't worry about it. And, you know, for a keeper pushing you up, are you? not no. Two hands. Aye, yeah, yes. What, what is it that's not apparent about this? <laughs> you, you know, the, the keeper's obviously, the ball's You know, he's lost the ball. He's got a rush of blood to the head because he's a decent big keeper. And He's decided I'm going to push all over here. I mean, you always get away from goal if he, get, if he gets a ball, isn't he? He's, he's not got too much to worry about. And the ref's just nah, that's okay, there's nothing to see here. It's and it, you know, I'm not seeing a yet, he's won back uh, after Johnson hits a post, but that looks like a pen as well. Mm. It's and, and even the penalty when we got the penalty, he's played advantage from. Ambrose, well done. But then there's an awful uh, edge in a box It says play advantage, but we end up with a ball going back towards a halfway line and then we fashion a chance and get a pen. But right, the keeper, uh, sorry, the ref's completely lost at isn't it? But at that stage. It's yeah, absolutely. Almost anything goes. Mm. No, you're right. A couple of points I want to bring up.
3: Um, we're going out live to over a 1,000. So thank you all for tuning in uh, on the various platforms. Some people, some things think that we're all about the YouTube, but... Just to let you understand, all comments filter into one comments field on the system that I use, and uh, we get more viewers and therefore more comments on YouTube. So, you know, the average would say that uh, the low averages would say that more comments are going to come up. But if you are watching on one of the other platforms, please comment, and we'll, we'll endeavour to bring those comments up as well. You and Boy Martin reminds us that it's reminiscent of the 97-98 season under Vim, and we all know what how that season ended. Well, I had spoken about the similarities in terms of the, the the level of the rebuild, Lawrence, and I actually referred back to the John Barnes era. Um and how after that particular season O'Neill had a massive job in his hands to to rebuild the club and I was looking at more from that respect. But uh, the Vim Janssen season, yeah, there certainly are parallels and if it ends up with us winning the league, then I will be more than happy.
4: Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: Comment coming in from AJSC Technology Videos. Who reckons that no way can we expect to win the league just yet? We could draw on Edinburgh and become six behind. Although what I would say is Hibs have kind of gone off the boil in recent weeks. Uh, And I'm actually going into that that game at Easter Roads not brimming with confidence,
5: but I'm quietly confident. Well, who would be the at the form team just now? you know, I think we've been through a bad patch. We're looking good. But talk about still being in touch the January transfer window, if we're still, you know, within four points of the top of the league and we strengthen. I think we've you know, you've got every right to expect to go on and win the league from there. It's whether we do or not it's a different matter. But I think anything of any team that's within four points of the top that's the richest club in their country and can strengthen. And if they've got the second half of the league campaign going, mm. they should think, I think it's quite reasonable to expect to go and win it. Whether it'll be, uh, maybe what he's alluding to, it'd be some achievement for Ange to actually do that in his first season to change so many players to get through such a part. Of them. I mean, lost three games and, and all, all, the, all the behind the scenes turmoil, Lawrence.
3: You know, the, the CEO who was a big part in, in the negotiations to bring him here. Leaves after 72 days.
5: No header recruitment.
3: No header recruitment, you know. No
5: of sports science for months. In. Yeah.
3: You know, yeah. We, we ran from June till uh, Anton McElhone was appointed months later. Without that key element in the backroom team, uh, no director of football, we don't oh, even we know, don't
5: if know if that's still the plan. We don't know if that's going to be structure. We yep. just well, another review. This time Gordon Stracken's review, because we had a review What happened season. to the, that January one? Never heard back for that, you know, did we? I think it's in the, the, the round file. But. It's in the same drawer that
3: Benitez's CV is when Neil Lennon got that job. Uh, Mark Riley, all right, Paul, John, old pal, if it's the same Mark Riley, um that I think it is, I hope you're well, sir. And always sounded focused and had a great vision that I subscribed to, but our impatient desire to return to greatness exposed our frustration. Our eyes have been opened. I get that. I totally get that. I think there was a huge amount of frustration. It kind of boiled over from last season, Lawrence. You know, there was a hangover from last season, wasn't
5: there? Listen, there definitely was with what was lost. There's not been any games, I suppose, close season. We could see the repeat of mistakes we've done before. Even the manager mentioned it, but we weren't getting players in quick enough. We could all see we needed more players and we needed them quick and quickly to prepare for the Champions League. So, you can understand why people were frustrated. You know, we... We could beat be Netherlands. We've touched on it earlier in the show. That's a team we should be beating, you know. We, so, I think it's understandable frustration, but you know, Ange is, is turning it around, isn't he? Mm. You know, I think we've all liked his vision. No one said, you know, "Oh no, we don't want this attacking football." <laughs> you, you, you know, everyone buys into his vision. You know, it's a vision made for Celtic, isn't it? To play an attacking, and in brand of football. You know, but. but Again, you know, we're fans, we want to win every game, don't we? (laughs) You know, whether, I think it was, Frindlund says it's reasonable or not, it doesn't matter. You know, Celtic fans, we, you know, on our side, we find that reasonable that we should be winning every game. There's a lot of players that come to
3: Celtic and can't live with that, Lawrence. They can't live with it because they've never, it's something that's never been indoctrinated into their their football uh, upbringing. You know, whereby they've been at clubs where a draw or even a defeat here and there is acceptable. It's never accepted at Celtic. And that's why last season it was so hard to take, you know, because we were watching a club that I felt after Brennan Rogers Claxon alert after the introduction of Rogers and a lot of the things he implemented behind the scenes that he was he had built something that a manager could step into and continue with. And I just felt last season that, that it was falling around their ears. Everything that had been implemented uh, in a very short space of time. But I've got to say, there was an interesting discussion uh, on Thursday uh, with JP and I, and I love uh, catching up with JP on a Thursday on the bulletin because he did say a few times, and he got huge criticism for saying it. By the way, that he had agreed in part um, on one of the points Neil Lennon made in relation to the fans not being in the ground, because at the time, a lot of a lot of Celtic fans, me included, thought that. Lenny was just clutching. He was clutching at straws. And I remember JP saying it. He says, you know, actually, I think that's massive. Massive in terms
5: of Celtic. I wouldn't I mean, agree with him. You can't have all these players come in and say, like, the drive is on. You know, it doesn't matter what decade they've, they've played in. They've said, it's the fans. They're there and they're always there. The drive is on. you got opposition players saying, playing in front of those fans, what a stadium, what an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So you can't have it being the best atmosphere and then having no effect. You, 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 you know, there's de- definite effect. I don't think it was the sole reason, but I think, you know, it was a big part of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, without fans, football is nothing. You know, Celtic is the fans, isn't it? So That's what Sir Matt Busby said, eh? Right, yeah. here we go. Call, call Stevie Gow.
3: Stevie Gal. Rangers fans of Clyde, uh, Super Scoreboard and Sports centre. listen to. We have Axon. Thanks for tuning in, Stevie. Uh, when we were doing in London, uh, I'm not going to regale you with all the tales, Lawrence. That would just, that, <laughs> that would fill the whole show. But uh, we were being approached by fans of other teams down south and further afield. You were talking to our friends over in uh, Rotterdam, who had
5: actually come over to the uh, the award ceremony, and they were bigging us up as well. Yeah, loved it. You know, we get even on the train away there. You know, we getting messages from people at Chelsea Football Club. I don't know who they are, but you know, they're saying good luck. Brilliant! <laughs> like, Brilliant! You've got Brilliant. a buffet somewhere.
3: It. And we'll keep it going. And the big thing I keep saying is uh, these live streams, the reason that we do them live is because it's live and interactive. And um, what we will do in the future, once our Kelvin is back in the in the room, is we'll set it up so that it's not, it's not going to look like a dial-in. It's not going to, even though Lawrence and I are both in the studio, it looks like a dial-in, something that you would see at work on a, a Zoom call, a conference call. Um, so we're going to set it up so that we're sitting at the bar watching the game, basically, through there, um on the one screen. And it's just going to look a wee bit better as well, aesthetically. So we will always strive to try and improve what we're doing uh, and keep you guys interested. And about 1,100 of you are interested, just now you are watching it uh, live. Thank you very much. Pat, Comes in, Pat O, Dzeranovic can hit from 12 yards. Can't he just? That boy can take a penalty, Lawrence.
5: Yeah, but we talked about it before kick-off. Almost prophetic, eh? They were saying, you know, that's a boy. What, you know, what technique he's got. And, you know, if, if you look at him he's lining up, he, he keeps a keeper the eyes. He kind of looks to the left bottom corner as, as he's looking at it and then, you know, places it in the, the other corner.
3: Absolutely. Now, uh, I've asked for comments to come in from some of the other platforms because all I'm seeing is a wee YouTube logo, and there is a Facebook one coming in, so I've got to bring it up. Um, again, not sure who it is, but thank you for getting involved uh, on Facebook. Kane. what an absolute disgrace. Cannot be allowed to get away with that. Ah, well, it's as clear as day to myself and anybody else watching
5: that, Lawrence. Well, you know, the, the compliance officer has been uh, fairly quiet in some issues, you know, that, that- in the Premiership this year that you thought they'll be out in front of the compliance officer for that and he just doesn't seem to review it. you know, let's see if he reviews this, but, you know, whoever Mick Walsh's boss is, if he's not pulling in after our performance, you know, if he's not dropped down the division, well, you know, where's his motivation to improve? Because it it can't be allowed, you know, it's just unacceptable. It's
3: poor, it's incompetent. You know, and uh we were obviously glad of the win, but on another day, when it's one nothing, you start asking yourself, are these decisions uh, only being made in this way because he knows that St. Johnson are still in this game at one nothing Lawrence. and it does concern me because I think it's really poor performance time after time after time and we'll keep calling it out and um it's not a conspiracy. I mean, it's very objective. This is what's happened, we've all seen it. And it's a poor decision, and it's a poor performance. Daniel Steen, welcome to the show. Great show, boys. New to the game and your channel here in Australia. Now a Celtic and Axlom fan for life. The power of Ange. It the power it. of Ange. We're talking about that during the game launch, the amount of people tuning in from Australia, Canada, America and Japan. You know, And, and it's going and up Jared, all the time. Jared,
5: Jared from the Boys from Down Under podcast is, mm-hmm. is sharing our stuff out there and you know, this.
3: Ah, good lad, Jared. We'll get him back on uh, on a regular basis. Um, I realise that we're a bit running out of time here. Uh, it's 28 minutes in, but there's plenty more to uh, discuss. And I think that it would be remiss of us uh, to go through the the post-match without talking about Yakamakis. I mean, I think we had seen 50-odd minutes over a period of three substitute appearances, but already he started interesting um, the Celtic fans. He was impressing us, Lawrence. Yep. We've seen his first start today, uh, and he got a cracking opening goal for, to open his Celtic account.
5: Listen, what, me Because there's some amount of pace in that ball from, mm-hmm. from Ralston. He knows the keepers going going to his right, the keeper's right hand side, and he's put it the other way into the but corner. You're thinking that's a top finish. He's managed to keep that down. Brilliant. It looks the unsettled their back line. You know, St Johnston have come here and before in recent season, it's and it looks settled when we've thrown the ball into the box. Mm-hmm. I don't think they look too settled because I think they're worried about him. They know he's a, a danger at cross balls. So, great performance from him. You, you, know, we've, you know, before our option was a Yeti, and for whatever reason it's not working for him at Celtic. But we've now got options that you think, you know what, they could get us a goal. Definitely. You know, the no opposition need to worry about him. They need to worry about Kuogo. doesn't matter who's going to be playing up front. Don't think he, he's done enough to, to take the, the centre fog of shot off of Kuogo yet. But it's good that he's he's putting in a performance, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. I, Another player to put on a cracker performance, Mikey Johnston. I
3: am just about to bring this up actually from Duncan Cameron Lawrence who says Mikey J looking sharper than ever. That's two games
5: in a row, he's looked sharp. Aye. Uh, some of those balls in. And he, I mean he's when he's hit the post, he has been really unlucky. You know, he's he's made that yard of space, he's curled it in and another day it's inside the post and in. His crossing was great, he's beating players. Aye, it looks sharp, it looks fit. It's it's an option in the left that we didn't think We're going to have, I mean, when he first broke his first two seasons, it's something a goal every four games. Was it six goals, 24 games, something like that? More or less the same the next season. And the last couple of seasons, it's just blighted by injury, isn't it?
3: It has been. And, you know, another special mention, actually, because I don't think we've mentioned him on the podcast yet, for Karamoko Dembele, who's going in for surgery on his ankle. That was a horrific tackle in pre-season. So all the best to him, and hopefully he can come back in. But that seems to be a long-term issue. The The, the question, I guess, around Mikey Johnson is, is this his last throw of the dice? Is he in the last chance saloon? And I think he probably is this season. But he is showing, uh, certainly a willingness, and he's showing the product that he might have a future at Celtic
5: launch? Well, surely this is a manager for him. I mean, Ange comes with a, a reputation of developing young players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if ever he, he needed a manager that could develop him, he's only 22, Johnson just now. You know, he's, he's much the same age as Joyce, and I think there's like two or three weeks between them. It's The platform says we're weak in the left-hand side, so he's going to get game time, yeah. especially if he keeps performing like that.
3: Absolutely. Silky, silky performer on his game. Brian O'Neill, possibly the Brian O'Neill who used to play for Celtic. Um, And the the season that I first had a season ticket, actually. In fact, I was at Brian O'Neill's debut. I'm sure his debut was against sports in a pre-season friendly under Liam Brady. I remember O'Neill scoring. It's probably not the same Brian O'Neill, but I'm going on a tangent. I remember him scoring a header for Scotland Under-16 in the World Cup semi-final against Portugal. We're talking about Portuguese uh, stars, the Under-16 team that night at Tynecastle. Um, featured Figo Scotland beat them 1-0 Brian O'Neill scored the header put us into a World Cup final under Craig Brown you'll remember it
5: oh, Dickhoff up front yeah Eddie it's, McGoldrick so, so who else made it Dickhoff O'Neill, who else made it
3: that team oh there, there was the goalie who was the big goalie Jim. Was, it Jim was it Jim Watt somebody like that there was a boy Bain that played for Dundee at the back he was a centre half yeah.
5: Um, um, also they come up with, um, Saudi Andy
3: McLaren was part of that team yes, Andy McLaren I, was I, part Andy of that Levan. team oh, yeah. Definitely that. Yeah. It's Yeah, great work well, with street football so. Yes, yeah. I mean we, we we digress Brian O'Neill, probably not the same Brian but welcome to the show anyway another win, another step we will challenge for the league honours this season if Ange can add quality to the midfield we'll we'll finish off with that discussion then when we move into January where are we strengthening here? because you mentioned a Yeti in the post-match today, Lawrence, I think Ayeti and Barkas have shown enough that we we can't see a future for them at Celtic. Personally, you know, Ayeti it's just not worked out for him. I think that he has shown a willingness to get, you know, fitter under Ange Postacoglu, but, you know, maybe the, the style or the, or the shape that we are playing doesn't fit him. Barkas seems to have checked out weeks ago. He's played one game for Celtic this season. I don't think he'll play again. The other one that I think we might... You know, offload might be bowling and
5: goalie. I've still got doubts about ball and How many do we bring in? So, for me, if, if a yeti moves, which I agree, we probably should be looking at him, We'd still need to bring in two forwards. You know, we, we really need a four. I know Alan Morrison says perhaps I've had I could play there, or well, maybe, so, but so I'd still like to see two forwards come in and a yeti going out. Uh, walking back to midfield, I thought tumbled in our poor game today. And I, I think there's something just not right in midfield. As much as it's three, two, 0 in a row, I don't think he showed a lot. But Rogic, yeah you know, he's astounding His as all well, playing week in, week out, isn't he? He's, he's
3: he's an absolute wizard when he's on his game and he can do things no one else on the park can do. I mean he's through ball. Um, you know, it, for me, when you when when Roderick is on form. He's one of those players that can unlock these packed defences, Um But I also think Turnbull is in a different way because yep. he can pull something out the bag, like his goal against Motherwell, you About know, 61, from distance.
5: Turnbull starts coming in the game a wee bit, puts a couple of decent crosses into the box, drops balls over, kind of almost lobs, many in. He likes that dink, aye. But for me, I don't think he was doing enough. You know, it's kind of
3: sixty-one minutes into the game. He's playing more football now than he ever has done for Saturday. Look,
5: look, Listen, I know we're commentating; we're only seeing it on a TV screen, so it's hard to see exactly everything that's going apart. It's not like the view you get when you're at the game. But for me, that that's an area I'd be look at strengthening, and, and whether that's just to get Cal Mac further forward, mm. you know. But a defensive midfield, maybe McCarthy comes good. Maybe get gets his fitness up. I know there's been rumours about the Brazilian boy, but yeah, I think midfield we need strength. Strengthen. We're almost in November. Mikey Johnson's looked good the last two games, but he needs to keep it up. If not, I'd be thinking, well, on the left-hand side, we probably need another, another option there. You know, but he's got another kind of two months to, mm. to show us if he's if he's going to be there or thereabouts, if he is going to keep up his performances.
3: The final position, uh, because I can see us keeping and Golly, actually, but I think the final position that we really need to look at is the fact that we've got players in Beton, Sorrow and McCarthy, who all play a similar role, or all would play a similar role in the team, and none of them at this moment in time is really contributing to the team. And I know that Beton came on against Aberdeen, started the game at Petardre, thought he played pretty well. Should have done better at their goal. If I'm going to be ultra critical, but I think he done pretty well. Sorrows not been at the races this season. McCarthy's injuries are a concern. I think that's a key area, and in order to strengthen it, if you were to sell one of those players, it's not going to be McCarthy. He's just been given a four year deal. I don't think we'll settle beat on. He's nah. one of the most experienced players in the Celtic jersey. But then the question mark remains about Soro. It doesn't seem to be in his plans, does he?
5: He's had a couple of chances. He's never really grabbed it, has he? Not under the range anyway. So, I, I think... If we are looking at this Brazilian boy and bringing over, I think Soro would be the most likely casualty out of that.
3: How many Brazilians have we had playing for Celtic? Janinho... So-
5: Raphael and, uh, and the two three bonds, trialists. The trialists on the scene. Yes, so five.
3: Maybe. They, played a, they played in the reserves. They played in a game. Um, Consul, it? one of the names was Consul, because I wrote about them. Uh, they played against Partick Thistle or Motherwell, uh, and it was a, a midweek game for the reserves at Celtic Park. And the attendance was given, it's 12,000. But if you dig out a Celtic view from that period, look at the actual terraces. They're mobbed. <laughs> there's at least twenty six thousand in that stadium, <laughs> the, the, not twelve. The old boards counting method, uh of crowds. Farrah and consul, there's two names that, that sprinkle my mind. Which uh
5: kickstarted Jinky's career, remember? It did because I um, must apologise to Davy Crimes, it wasn't his granddad, it was his great uncle. Right. John Crimes was uh Jinky's headmaster and used to drive him to Celtic Park. Oh lovely. the, the line that I'll never forget
3: and I'll probably forget it while I'm trying to paraphrase here, is uh, after the game, Jock Steen, who had gone to the game to watch the Brazilian trialists, because there was a lot of red tape to get them over. He's in the toilet after the game in the Celtic changing rooms and Jinky standing in the toilet next to him. And he says to him that um, if he performed like that for Celtic, he wouldn't have to be looking for Brazilians. Yeah. Because he, w- he was out of favour at that point. Uh, but Jock had seen something in Wee Jinky and the rest they say is history. I'm happy to finish the show off with a wee story about Jimmy Johnston, Lawrence. And uh, I'm happy uh, that everybody has enjoyed today's game. Another 2 nothing victory for Celtic. Thanks, everybody. Uh, 1100 strong today live. On all the various platforms for getting involved, it's all about you guys tuning in. Because whilst you tune in, we can continue to do this. And um, please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. We're looking to increase the subscriptions and also the content loads coming up. Uh, All that's left for me to say is, once again, Lawrence Conley always an absolute joy to join me on a Celtic State of Mind and we'll see you back on Monday at 12.30